0: Okay, turn to Matthew 28, verse 18. You might feel like a jack in the box this morning, but please stand up. <laughs> Let's read Matthew 28 and verse 18. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age." Please receive seated. So as you know, we've been working through an acronym at the beginning of the year. Uh, this idea that all of us at Genesis House are going to strive for the top this year. We're going to strive as a community and as an individual to know the Word of God and dedicate our time to that we are going to walk in obedience to the word that we learn. That's the primary way in which we show love to God, and it's the way we show a witness to the world. And we also spoke last week about kingdom power, the power that's made available to us through the Holy Spirit as followers of Jesus. And so last week, some of the takeaways were that we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit, the same power and Holy Spirit that indwelt Jesus as the same one, that indwells us. There's no, there's no two different Holy Spirits. He waited until he was empowered before he went out to ministry, and that's the source of where it came from. Number two, that through the Holy Spirit, that he was able to heal, to cast out demons and teach with authority, transformi- transforming the communities that he encountered. And thirdly, that the power was founded on a relationship, not a formula a relationship, not a formula. And if you're not sure what I mean by that, that's an encouragement to listen to last week's sermon. But this morning we're going to talk about kingdom authority. Kingdom authority. So what do I mean by that? Well, power and authority are often words that can be interchangeable in the Bible and are closely related. But in the Greek, power just means the source or the ability or strength to be able to do something. So when it speaks about Jesus having power or us having power, That would be the presence of the holy spirit within us he is the source and the strength to do the ministries that we've been called to in uh the word authority in greek means the right to use the power it's the right to access or the ability yeah right to access that strength and so in the in our understanding then kingdom authority is the right to use the power that god gives us through the dwelling of the holy spirit so why would this be important In Ephesians 6 verse 12 Paul says this, For our struggle is not against the flesh and the blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms. So what Paul is saying to us is really this, although we live and exist in a tangible world that we get to see and hear and feel things, what's going on behind the scenes in the unseen world is this spiritual war. There's the powers that be in, this, in, the, in the demonic realm, Satan in a demonic world, who are really um, behind a lot of the stuff that we see that we're not pleased with in society today. When we look at government policy that we deem to be inhumane or corrupt, behind it is an unseen spiritual realm. When we look at the moral decline in society, behind it is an unseen spiritual realm. When we look at death and sin and destruction and tragedy, it's contributed to the spiritual realm. Satan and his soldiers are hard at work. So, when we are in a spiritual war, Paul tells us, so therefore we have to learn to operate as soldiers of Christ. And with that comes kingdom authority. I want to remind the church today of a vision that we're on. We're, we're seeking to be an internally focused church where we preach the word and we seek to pray for one another and bring healing to each other's lives. And we're doing the same in the externally focused church as we try to reach the community. We're trying to work towards this and so what we're, we're looking for is kingdom authority in our lives so that we can bring healing and fullness of life that Jesus wanted to impart to us both within our church family and outside, so that we can bring transformation to everyone here and those who aren't in attendance here this morning, those who don't know Jesus. And so I want to help us begin to realize the kingdom authority that we have today. The first thing I need to say is that our authority has been won for us through Jesus' victory on the cross. Our authority that we have has been won for us through Jesus' victory on the cross. This is something that I've been really wrestling through this week. And to be honest with you, I don't fully understand all the implications of what I'm going to teach you this morning. Um, I feel like I'm just sort of, if we're walking upstairs, I'm just one step ahead of you, maybe in what I'm learning and the implications of it. But nonetheless, it's in scripture, so I I need to teach it. (laughs) But in the beginning, Adam and Eve were made in the image of God. They were created to act like God and have power and dominion over creation. So in Genesis 1, God created man and said this, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over. And then he goes to list all the things in creation. In verse 28, He says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. So we learn right in the beginning of Genesis 1 that the intention was, is for Adam and Eve to have dominion and power in this world. Another way of saying it is they are second in command to God. At this point, the angels aren't the ones who have dominion over this world. Man is given that responsibility, not the angels, of which Satan would have been one of them at this time, but he was not fallen at this time, so he was still, if you will, good. (laughs) The problem is, is that Satan, rebelled Adam and Eve enticed Satan or sorry Satan enticed them to rebel and they sinned by what we call now in Christianity the fall of man the fall of man from God's perfection by obeying the devil then Adam and Eve gave away their authority over creation that God had given them and their disobedience brought a curse on creation and this is the biblical answer to why there is tragedy death and sin in this world because it was through Adam and Eve's fall and their disobedience to God, and through Satan's temptation that this entered the world. So then Adam, what he did then by sinning was he moved from second place in God's economy to third place and having dominion over this world. And Satan now became the ruler of what Adam was intended to rule. We can see this in Jesus' temptation in Luke chapter 4 and verse 6. In one of his temptations, the devil comes to, um, to Jesus in the wilderness, and it says there that he showed him power and wealth of kingdoms. And he said, I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. Now, he could have been lying at this point, but at the same time, Jesus didn't deny this claim one bit. He didn't deny that the power was within his grasp. But all this changed at the cross and resurrection. God had a plan to restore what Adam had lost, and what we inherited from Adam, to save and restore us to our rightful position. Jesus came as a human being, laid aside his deity in terms of expressing it, and, and, and um, yeah, in terms of living it out to its fullest, and lived as Adam did. He faced all the trials, all the temptations that Adam did, and we do today even the devil himself. He succeeded in obedience where Adam failed. The result then is that he redeemed everything lost by Adam and demonstrated to us how humanity was intended to live. He demonstrated the model citizen, if you will, of how we were intended to live in perfect obedience to God and dependence on the loving Father. And so when he died and was resurrected, these are the comments made about Jesus in the New Testament. In Colossians 2:15 it says and having disarmed the powers and authorities of the demonic world, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them over the cross. In Roman culture, if a Caesar came into town and he wanted if he just had a military victory, he would you know parade um, the Romans could just carry their victims behind in a, in a line and parade them through the cities to basically say, "See how powerful are we are, look what we've won and how victorious we are." He would, they would make public spectacles of their, of their uh, conquests. And then Paul is saying that Jesus made a public spectacle of the demonic world and triumphed over them through the cross. Satan brought death into this world and sin and tragedy and destroyed creation and took power. And then Jesus disarmed him. Disarmed him. This is why in Matthew 28 and verse 18 he says, at his resurrection, by the way, what we just read, He's resurrected, and he gives a commission to the disciples. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So we are in a spiritual war then, and we are recruited as soldiers of Christ to take back the territory that Satan took. And once we become a child of his and receive the Holy Spirit, we are restored in our authority. We are now to go to war and we've been given back second place, and to take back the dominion that we lost. If this is not clear, and I'm sort of struggling to make sense, let me help you read this quote from a person who's maybe more well-spoken than I am. And I apologize, I forget who I got this quote from, but he said it this way, all Christians have the right both to pray and to challenge enemy forces in Jesus' name, it has been legally won for us by Jesus through his victory on the cross and from the tomb, where Jesus took the devil and the legal right to the balance of power on this planet. And so I'll give you a chart to take consider. In the beginning, God created the world. Humans were given command and authority, dominion over this world, and angels were in third place. At the fall, God was still in control but Satan took dominion over this world, and humans were in third place. At the death and resurrection, God, still in control, humans who surrendered lives to Jesus Christ and receive his Holy Spirit, regained the authority that was lost under Adam. He, Jesus disarmed those rulers, and now Satan is in third place in terms of authority. That is why when we exercise authority in Jesus' name, Satan can't stand against us. If you come across someone who's got a demon and you exercise the authority in Jesus' name, it submits to you. James says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We stand in authority. Jesus restored us. I would call this a status authority. It's our position in Christ. And so therefore we fight from victory, not for victory. There's a big difference there. We fight from victory, not for victory. So we have this authority that's been won for us through Christ. And his victory on the cross is defeated the devil. But then we also have delegated authority in which Jesus gives us to carry out his mission. So we read this in Matthew 28 when I spoke to you this morning. He Says, I have all authority, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples, baptizing them, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. In Mark 16, he he uh, he furthers this by saying, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes in this baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. In John 14, 12, Jesus said, Very truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. As you can see, by virtue of a relationship in Christ, we've been given authority by him to preach the gospel make disciples heal the sick cast out demons and so on there's other areas in which we've been given authority to as well but um there's just too many things to talk about this morning so i use this as a, the analogy probably that we could use is that of a credit card to explain how that authority has been delegated to us so those of you who are kids let's say you want to buy something really expensive you don't have enough money or the funds to buy something you really want. But by virtue of your relationship to your parents, there's something you could ask of them, or they could give you. They could put your name at the bottom of the credit card underneath theirs, right? So it'll be Patrick Deanson and then Jaden Deason right underneath it. <laughs> bad idea. Bad idea, yeah, especially with the wedding. The wedding especially, right? That, that's bad idea. So, uh, Jaden now may not have the resources, but with Pat's name, she now has the resources because she has access to what he has in his account. With Jesus' credit card then, we can go into the world with Jesus of authority to spend whatever is in his account, so long as it is for the purposes for which he approves. And that's what's happening. He won the victory on the cross. We have a position in Christ. When we receive Him as our Savior, He gives us the Holy Spirit and then He delegates us and says, now that you have the Holy Spirit, now that you have me, you go out and I've got extra stuff for you to do and I'm delegating you to go do this stuff. You have the authority to do these things in my name. You hold my credit card. The authority is not in and of yourself, it's because of Him and what He's done in you. Now, there's a key to walking in this authority, and that's intimacy with the Lord. Walking in authority requires intimacy with God. What do I mean by that? Well, Jesus modeled this to us. His ministry, as you remember, didn't begin until he received the Holy Spirit at his baptism. He was 30 years old he did not do anything or say anything or function in any way before he received that power at the same time though he received authority to go and perform the things he did and to preach the way he did but we need to remember the source and the and the means by which this came about the biggest thing that Jesus did to recognize his right to operate in the power that he did was spend one-on-one time with his Father in the quiet and the alone praying, And a lot of time by himself in prayer. There's about 20 or so references or more in the New Testament. I'm going to give you three. After Jesus had sent the crowds away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. In Mark 135 is early in the morning. He, while it was still dark, he got up, he left the house and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. In Luke 5:16, Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. I love that one. It's not just one evening. He's that's his habit. He's often slipping away from the crowds and his disciples to get alone with the Father. This is really important because in John he makes seven references to this. He says, I do nothing on my own initiative. I don't speak anything without the Father's permission. I don't preach anything without the Father's permission. I don't heal anyone without the Father's permission. Seven times in John, he makes that comment. Where is he getting the the uh, sort of like the communication time and the and the words in terms of how to operate in ministry? He's getting it from his Father. When would that be occurring? When he's slipping alone to get time away he's giving his father ample time to speak to him what to do what to say where to go who to heal what message and the Lord is communicating with him he's got this incredibly intimate relationship and he's hearing from God and then when he hears from God he then goes out he goes out Jesus knew the importance of making time to be alone with the Father, and this was critical for him operating in the authority he did. He was given the power through the Holy Spirit, but with his time with the Lord, with his Father on his own. He could hear directly from God, cultivate that relationship, and know what to do. And therefore, his will lined up perfectly with the Father's will. Besides prayer, the second thing that Jesus did on a constant basis to build intimacy was he obeyed God perfectly. He was sinless, and we spoke about this two weeks ago, the importance of obedience in our life. Disobedience, of course, would have resulted in death for all of us. If he sinned, there would be no sacrifice for sins and no forgiveness offered to us. So praise be to God that he didn't fall to temptation. But disobedience in us quenches the Holy Spirit in us and can often create relational blocks in which we have to confess and, and, and make the relationship right again. So our aim then, and our authority, besides it being a uh, a status authority, meaning that Christ has won the victory for us, it's a delegated authority that we have the right to go out and do the things Jesus did. It's also an authority that is built off of intimacy. And when you and I spend time in prayer and listen to God, it's in those quiet times that he can give us the, the peace and the information we need to go out and do the things that he does. And I'm just making this up in theory like like if, but I've, I've, a lot of my friends and you know um and books I've read and people have these kind of things happen i'll give you an example like let's say a uh, guy comes uh, the lord says to me quietly uh, andrew uh, uh, you're going to um, go meet someone with their, you're going to see someone with a green sweater uh, who was, happens to be walking down your street today in your neighborhood at three o'clock and so I go outside, and lo and behold, three o'clock. A guy with a green sweater walks by. What do I think I'm going to do with that information? I'm going to engage that person, especially if he says that person has cancer and you're to pray for healing over that person. Now, when I go to pray for that person, I know God has already ordained that thing. But I, I could only hear that in the quietness of my prayer life. And so now, when you go out, you have the confidence to operate in authority because you spent time with the Lord in quiet. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a pastor in Ontario. I respect him greatly. His name is Bernie. And uh, he told me about the trap that people like myself and himself often get into, into ministry. He says, that, you know, as pastors, we try to do things for God and we get impatient with his timing on things. And so the pastor's motto is this. I can do it. God can help. <laughs> I can do it. God can help. The problem is that that won't go very far. The motto needs to be, I can do nothing, God has to do it all through me. We're driven by doing, but we need to be driven by being and living in His presence. Out of the presence of God flows the gifts of God, the authority of God, and the opportunities for God. It's about being, not about doing. And trust me, you will do what you've been. Because God will want, he's enrolled you as a soldier. He's given you authority to do these things. He will keep you busy. He'll keep you active. So what can we learn from this morning? As Christians, our authority can be defined as the right to use the power of God that he has given us through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So power is the strength or ability to do something. Authority is the right to use that power. Second, our authority in this world is been won for us through Jesus' victory on the cross. We don't have authority in and of ourselves. Jesus disarmed the rulers. He disarmed Satan. He disarmed everything that happened in the garden. He is now stands in authority. He has won that for us. Number three, we've been delegated with Jesus' authority to carry out his mission. That's clear in Matthew 28 and Mark 16. We've been employed as soldiers. Number three, or actually number four, I should say walking in authority requires intimacy intimacy with God. Intimacy with God. Here's the reality though. (coughs) The only way to have this authority, to stand in this authority, to be delegated with this authority, is that we have to know Jesus Christ. The only way to be second, and not third, is to receive Him. I want to show you two passages that are important. In Ephesians chapter 2 and 1 through 4, he says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, He used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is a spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. This is important and this is an unpopular message in the world today, but you only belong to two kingdoms as a human being. There's only only two kingdoms. There's Satan's kingdom and Jesus's kingdom. We operate in only one of those kingdoms. And according to Ephesians here, all of us, every human being starts off (laughs) um, in that uh, devil's kingdom. We've all, And the reason is we've all sinned against the Holy God. We've all copied Adam. And so it's only through Jesus Christ and the forgiveness he offers us that transfers us from one kingdom to the other, transfers, transfers us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And so we bank on his mercy and his goodness to receive that. Consider Hebrews chapter two and verse 14. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could He die, and only by dying could He break the power of the devil, who are the power of death. Only in this way could He set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. He broke the power of the devil, of the crucifixion, and the resurrection. When we place our faith in Him, and he forgives us for our sins, that power is broken in us. We have the power to defeat the devil here and now. The Holy Spirit gives us strength and power to stop sinning the way we used to. And he also gives us the promise that when we physically die, we will inherit a resurrected body that will spend eternity with him. We don't have to fear death according to Hebrews, because of Jesus Christ. I want to finish with one quote written by Charles Kraft. The title is, If we only Realize the power we carry. Our authority gives us the ability to use the power God gives us through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Most of us, however, seem only vaguely aware of how much power that is. We would do well to consider that when the Holy Spirit dwells within us, we are invested with the power of God Himself and with that full authority of Jesus to use it. What a tragedy that many of God's choice people, although given hope both His power and authority of His credit card, either do not realize what is theirs or else refuse to exercise those rights. A friend of of mine told me about an acquaintance who had been converted to Christianity out of the New Age group. While in bondage to Satan, this woman had the ability to see the amount of spiritual power different people carried with them. She could pick out the Christians in a group a mile away, she said, by simply noting the amount of power they carried. Although she knew Christians wield more power than New Agers, she also knew that most Christians had no idea what to do with that power. So the Christians were no threat except the occasional one who knew how to use the power of Christ. She and her fellow New Agers tried to keep well away from such people. How different their experience might have been, the convert remarked, if the Christians they might have, they met had only realized how much power they carried and they exercised their God-given authority to use it. This is a message of hope for us as we seek to live out the internal and externally focused church. You, you carry an infinitely more power than you realize. But unfortunately, sometimes we walk around like we're defeated. It's time to rise up. well i'll I'll close with this quote because this this will end perfectly and it will speak to your what you're thinking as christians we have no choice as whether or not we possess this authority it is part of the package given to us with the holy spirit our only choice is whether we learn how to use this authority and whether we actually make use of it amen let's pray father in heaven we give you thanks for your word I, I know for, for a guaranteed uh, fact that your Holy Spirit is working in here and helping people think differently about the kingdom. And they're, uh, they're the, uh, the privilege they have to work as soldiers for you in this, in this battle. And I pray, Lord, that our church will rise up and walk in your authority. No more of this defeated attitude with the label I suck on their foreheads, Lord. This is all about standing in your Holy Spirit and what you've done on the cross and the victory you've won, we pray, God, that you would uh, yeah, rise up our church and the other Christians within our community to bring your kingdom to this world and to seek to restore what was lost by Adam. We look forward to what you have for us in the future. And even now, I pray that you give us opportunities, even today, Lord, in the week to come. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.